It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You, and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. Travel is part of the American way of life. When we're on vacation, we keep an eye out for anything that looks out of place. <laughs> Miss your bag. When we travel from city to city, we pay attention to our surroundings. Everyone plays a role in keeping our community safe. Whether you're traveling for business or pleasure, be aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome to Gina Gardner and Friends. We've got a great show for you today, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to introduce to you David Little. Now, David's been a great friend for many, many years, and although he's in the financial industry, we're going to be talking about his attitude to how you enable children to build resilience. He does a huge amount of work with the Scouts. He's got two young children of his own, and he has a unique, I think, approach to helping children stand up for themselves, have great confidence. Um, and he's going to share with us today some of his amazing stories. So David, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hi, how are you? I'm feeling great, thank you very much. Good. So just give us a little bit of history uh, about yourself and you know where you've got to now. Um, I did a biology degree many, many years ago. Um, spent, uh, spent what seemed like a year doing this with a pipette, decided I was never gonna do that again. Um, and uh, great experience in, in uh, doing research. I then um, worked, started to work for a financial services firm. Um, since then, done lots of different things. Um, got married, had two kids, um, which is probably the biggest change of, of everything, and, and kind of got very much back into scouting um, and, and outdoor sports later on in life. Say later on in life. I, I still feel like I'm kind of 21, but clearly I'm not anymore. No, it's interesting, is it? Because I can remember conversations when we first met about you know the need to take exercise and getting fit, and yet you do some quite extreme being fit things, don't you? Share with our listeners the sort of things that you get up to. Um, I've done lots. I've done lots of different things. It, it's it's actually quite strange if you because just picking up that that the conversation. If you look when we first met. Um, exercise was something to do to get fit. Now, now it's just something that's become generally part of my life and part of the experience. Um, and I mean, I've done lots. I've done London Marathon lots of times. Um, I've done lots of hundred mile cycles. Um, I've done a number of ultras, so fifty mile runs. Um, I think the most extreme thing I've done was a wing walk. That was a great experience. Um, and if you for those who have no idea what a wing walk is, I think you need to be really clear what we're talking about. Madness, as far as I'm concerned, but exhilarating from your point of view. Um, you basically you climb up um, and stand on the top of a biplane, um, which then takes off, flies around, goes up and down a bit. 
Um, <clears throat> and then lands. Uh, and interesting, the two dangerous points of that are the takeoff and the landing, um, because the weight, because the weight of the engine, you're 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 fairly forward in the um, in the geography of the plane. Um, and, and it's actually interesting because if you think that, that going up and down on a roller coaster is a big, you know, a big feeling when you when you stand on top of a plane, it's like a thousand feet. That's a huge feeling. It's great. Really what? interesting experience. I'm sure it is. It's not one that I think that I'm going to try. <laughs> I don't mind being in the plane. I've never really considered being on the plane something that I want to do. Yeah, it's good fun. But for you. What was it that made the difference, you know? A, why did you do it in the first place? And then having done it, what was the difference it made to you in terms of how you viewed your life and the world? Well, every, everybody sits there and says going to a marathon is a really big deal. And for a lot of people, it is a big deal. It's something that you should certainly work up to. But a lot of experiences um, are, are, are things that people take steps towards. Um, so if you look at um, Wim Hof, uh, who's on TV at the minute with his um, his uh, his cold treatment exercise? Um, it's really interesting because you've got people who are stepping in who've done nothing, and then basically are plunging themselves into ice cold water. That's going to be a fairly significant jump. But in reality, if you take steps along a process throughout your life, then it's a gradual kind of phasing in of experience. It's a the, the best way to describe it is a, it's an expansion in the, the depth of the experience that you actually have. So it's not actually a big deal to go out and do it if you've had the experience. Yes. Um, there's the guy who, um, Speedo Mick, who I will introduce you to, um, who has walked the length of the UK in a pair of Speedos, basically in his underpants. Um, and he was only able to do that in the middle of winter because he'd acclimatized himself, he trained his body to deal with the cold. And it comes across as quite an extreme thing to do, and it is, but he was able to do that through training. So a lot of the things that I've done are through experience as opposed to necessarily going out and just doing it, having done no preparation. So how do you prepare for, for being on top of an aeroplane? Um, it's just something I wanted to do. Okay. As you do, and and the commit the commitment was actually in the booking it. Okay, and having done it, has that and all of these uh, things that you've done, what's been the impact upon you and how you feel about life? Um, I, I I did a I did a um a course a while back, and one of the bits on the courses was about body language and posture, and how you approach experience um, and you can't see it on the screen but if you stand if you stand with your shoulders back um, arms down by your side um, and your palms backwards so your hands your palms facing backwards it's a very different experience to if you have your palms facing forwards the act of having your palms facing forwards opens it opens up your your body language to accepting an experience in and so if you approach it in that way it seems really weird but I did it on top of the plane and it made a massive difference mentally because in the physical mood the physical rotation of your arms and you're opening up you're ex you're accepting the experience positively in and you're yeah. going with it whereas if you do that that's a fear mechanism we're, we're on radio so David's crossing oh sorry sorry crossing his arms so 
the thing is, if you open up your shoulders and your arms as if you're about to embrace someone, Correct. rather than crossing your arms against your chest in order to protect yourself against something or someone, there's a very different feeling to that, isn't there? Completely. Open, come on, bring it on. And the other is, oh, no, I can't cope with this. And it's, so a, it's, a, it's a big mental difference, the, the physiological difference of standing with an open stance as opposed to a closed stance makes a massive difference mentally. And I've I've used that since when I've gone on to do um, uh, running ultras and things when I've been absolutely knackered and just just accepting where you are, opening the body language. It makes, it, it's, it's really strange. It makes a big difference subconsciously, um, which just makes a difference to how the eventual activity I think our posture and our body language make a difference to everything. I know with clients who are feeling depressed, for example, that the first thing, if you change the physiology, get them to stand up shoulders back as if they own the room. I use archetypes, you know, the archetype of a royal or a warrior, their mood shifts. You have to do other things to keep it that way, but Absolutely. it's a great starting point. We're gonna go for a short break now. So please don't go away, come back, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to carry on the conversation. We're going to talk about David's attitude to how we support children in being more confident. See you in a minute. Some kids never smile. They're embarrassed by their crooked teeth. They want braces like the other kids, but their families can't afford them. Some may even try to straighten their teeth themselves. That can make everything worse. Luckily, there's Donated Orthodontic Services, a program from the American Association of Orthodontists. It helps provide orthodontic treatment to kids and teens whose families can't afford it. For kids who apply, are approved, and are matched with a volunteer orthodontist, it can be life-changing. Their treatment is in the hands of an expert, a licensed local orthodontic specialist who improves their smiles by correctly aligning teeth and jaws. Some kids think they'll never smile again but donated orthodontic services may help them smile with confidence. To link to the application and eligibility requirements, visit aaoinfo.org. COVID has been a really long fight. As a father, I want to give the best tools to protect my kids. So what can we do to get back to that sense of normalcy? Every day, parents ask me if their child five and above should get vaccinated. And the answer is yes. It's an added layer of protection. It's safe and effective for children. It's definitely safer than getting the virus. So if you have questions or concerns about the vaccine, we're here to help. Okay, welcome back. And David, I know that you do enormous amount with the Scouts. So first of all, is that something that you've done all your life? You know, why the Scouts? Um, I was brought up. Um, we, uh, we, I joined the Cubs when up in Scotland when I was, um, when I was very young, um, and I did everything, everything all the way up to kind of county level as a as a as a young kid. Um, I then moved into London and stopped all of that. Um, had uh, other interests, shall we say? Um, and then uh, now that I've got kids, I've got back involved in the last five years um, and really enjoy it. Um, I, I think it's, uh, I think adults have got a lot. I've got a lot to give. Um, I think adults volunteering in in that space, especially if they have kids, is hugely healthy. Um, we have a lot to give. We have a lot to learn. 
um, from us and from our kids and from other people's kids. I think it's hugely healthy. I think that's very true. And you know, belonging to something where children are and young people are are given opportunities that perhaps they wouldn't otherwise experience is incredibly um, enriching. And I know from my time as a, a, a principal at, uh, of a school that giving children the opportunity to shine in a variety of ways was just so important. You know, they might not um, be, find maths or English easy, but they could be great at sports or, or drama or singing or something. And it's finding that thing that is the key to unlocking confidence, I think, so important. Talk to me about the sort of things that, that you've been doing with the Scouts, because I know you've introduced some, some different things that the, that the children have been involved in. Um, my, uh, my attitude is very much about the experience. Um, so I think one thing I have learned about doing uh, different sports and outdoor activities is, is that it's really important to experience things. It's important to get out and experience the hot and the cold, um, get out in the wind and the rain, um, get out and, and, and experience what it's like to be wide awake first thing in the morning and extremely tired at the end of the night, ha having actually done something physical. Um, and it's really good to do that in different environments, whether that's throwing yourself in a lake um, or going up a mountain or, uh, or going sailing um, or even sitting around a campfire. Um, we sat around a campfire recently with about 130 kids. And it was amazing. The ones that those who turned up on their own, they were really kind of self-conscious about turning up um, and being kind of the only one from their group were the ones who were actually stood up on their own, singing their lungs out um, in front of 130, 140 people. It was amazing uh, just to see that transformation um, and to see kids really coming into their own um, in an environment that they didn't know they were going to be put in. Um, it wasn't necessarily manufactured. Um, it was just another part of the experience of the weekend. But it's, it's amazing if you put the same um, young people through the same different experiences, they will all shine at different things. It doesn't mean anyone is any better or any worse than, than another. It just, they all have different strengths. Yeah, I agree with you. We were involved in a discussion last week about um, dealing with adversity. And out of that discussion, both of us, uh, I think, agreed that developing resilience was really important. And the earlier that children could develop resilience and confidence, the better able they would be to deal with the adversity that life inevitably brings at times. What for you do you think is, uh, how do you build resilience in children? You know, what are the, the ways that you would, um, would do that? Let's do that as a scouting level because we're going to talk about parenting a bit later. Um, they, young people need to be given experiences. They need to, they need to get out and do it. Um, there's no point in reading a book. Uh, there's reading, you can learn from a book, obviously. But if we're talking about experience, which is the, the physical and the mental experience of, of being in the great outdoors, they need to do it. Um, they need to do it at different ages. They need to experience the good and the bad. Um, they need to know what it's like to feel cold. Um, once, once a young person understands what cold actually is, they will always dress up. They'll always be prepared, but they need to learn. Um, you know, if a parent continues to pack all of their stuff before they turn up at camp, they don't learn because they don't experience that. 
Um, and it's that that little bit of experience that then they build on and build on and build on. Um, and then you'll get somebody in their early 20s going up Everest or, you know, trekking to the pole. That's where it starts. It's the little steps along the way. It's my view that parent, well, adults underestimate the capacity that children have, even quite young children, and that they are, in these days, they are so closeted and so... Um, kept comfortable that they very rarely have the opportunity to deal with with challenge now of course that needs to be age appropriate and it needs to you know we're not talking about putting children in in so much danger that they're going to get badly hurt um, or they're going to be vulnerable to um, to predators for example um, human and animal but it is important, I think, that children learn to manage things when there's a problem. If somebody always solves it for them, how are they going to learn? Absolutely, absolutely. There is there is a um, there, there is a, a, a very clear line between challenging um, and damaging. Definitely, um, we've had uh, we've had kids out for survival weekend um, where the parents have openly said where the kids have said I want to go home ring the parents because that's what you need to do and the parents have said look you know make them tough it out um you know for a while um and but there is a, a very clear line between making them tough it out and you know learn and become more resilient and actually this is now time to call it a day and that, that's a cool that's cool there's nothing wrong with that and i think the other thing is that when it is time to call it a day that children learn to deal with that that's just yeah. as important as actually uh, recognizing that you can tough it out and and be okay is that it's not the end of the world if you have reached the end of your rope and you yeah. say enough is enough and for me it's that that challenge between te teaching children to win graciously and to lose um, graciously and recognize that it doesn't make them a bad person um, but it is part of life's experience. Yeah, so it's positive to be able to sit there and say, I've had enough. I, I now need to withdraw from this activity or this exercise and I learn from it. Nothing wrong with that at all. No. We're going to go into a, another break. So please, listeners, come back. We're going to talk about David's view around parenting. And he's got some great approaches that I think you'll be interested in. See you in a moment. Jaguar Security is the name and the company you can always count on. Along with our fearless leader, Mahar Husseini, the CEO and owner of Jaguar Security and Investigations, the home of security for the stars, whether it be concerts, movie sets, or personal security. Call us now at 833-654-6524. You can trust that Jaguar Security will protect you at any cost. Give us a call or contact us at our website, www.jaguarprotection.com. Welcome back. But David, you've got two children. Their ages are? Uh, nine and four and a bit, nearly five. Now, I know that during lockdown that um, in the UK, you, uh, children weren't going to school 
um, and were being homeschooled and, and living sort of 24-7 at home. Um, and I know you had some very interesting approaches to keeping your children entertained. Be really grateful if you could share some of those. Yeah, we did lots. Look at, looking back, actually, it was a, it was a, a, a very restrictive time. Um, but we did, we actually did a lot. Um, we, we became hugely inventive. Uh, we did camp, we did full on camping. So we emptied a room in the, uh, a room in the house and had tents up and camping stoves and kind of camping lights and um, camping chairs and a, a, a ukulele. We did, we did proper camping. Um, we can did. I, I just to interrupt you, can I just explain that you live in a flat, uh, in an apartment, don't you? You don't yes. live in a house, there's no garden. No. Uh, no, so we did. Uh, we did abseiling. I, I rigged some roof, uh, some uh, some ropes up into the roof. We did abseiling down through the roof. That was interesting. Um, uh, we we did loads. We did loads of things. Um, I hung up uh, my paragliding harness. So we tried to do a green screen. That didn't work very well. But they enjoyed swinging in the uh, in the paragliding harness from the roof hole. Um, it was actually incredible how inventive we could be. Um, we we built a slide down the stairs that went a lot faster than was anticipated. That was interesting. <laughs> um, and then we also built a zip line from the front of the flat to the back, a proper zip line um, from the from the front of the flat to the back. Um, which it was it was all good fun. It was just repurposing um, mainly climbing equipment and camping equipment that we had, um, and it was it was a good laugh. Um, I think we all enjoyed it. It sounds amazing. And those people who are listening to that, please don't try this unless you actually have the expertise to rig it up properly. <laughs> it could be very dangerous. I know you spend a lot out, uh, of time outdoors with your children. Um, the sort of activities that you do outside and why do you think that's so important? Um, I, I, th I think you get a very different connection um, outside uh, to inside. Um, so I would rather sit around a campfire toasting marshmallows um, than I would watching TV. I just, TV's just brain rot for me. Um, I think it's nice to be able to sit outside and look at the stars and just experience what's going on. The smells, the sights, the sounds, um, where, whether you're on a, a beach in the middle of nowhere or on the top of a mountain or even the middle of the city, you can have just as, uh, as, uh, as, as good an experience actually in the middle of a city if you take time to look what's around you and what's going on. Um, I think a lot of it is actually taking stock of what's going on um, and where you are and you know, you know what's happening in the world around you. Um, you don't necessarily need to go to the top of Everest to give a, a young child an experience. I think it's really interesting. From my perspective, there are a number of things that I think are going on which make a difference. And one is that that you and your children are spending really quality time together. That it's not yep. the kids are on their their phone or their um, their um, tablet or their computer or watching television. That there is real meaningful interaction going on uh, between you and your kids. Uh, at that time. And I think that's something that is so missing in so many lives because parents believe that they are completely time poor. But well, I think, I think you... also a lot of parents believe they can't do stuff. And, yeah. and in reality, that's so far from the truth. Yeah. Um, I, I think parents are so, so, um, so much more capable um, of doing lots of fun stuff 
it's just really easy to get lost in the the day-to-day work and all the other dross that that is in our lives. Um, Sometimes it's actually just good fun. I mean, there was a lot that came out, a lot of positive came out of um, the lockdown and COVID. Um, There was a lot of fun had. There was a lot of very different connection. um, And there's been a lot lot of uh, longer lasting connections that will be positive moving forward. Um, I'm not saying I'd want to necessarily do it all again, um, but but there was a lot a lot of good that came of that. I find it interesting that you know lots of the activities that you talk about actually don't cost anything other than time. No, yeah. Um, and I think for many parents who who are on low incomes or you know who have a, a challenge, you know, getting out into the the local park or the local woods and allowing kids to you know splash in puddles and build a camp and you know do those sort of things. Um, the value of that, that time together and children experimenting and exploring is just, it, well, it, it's hard to put, uh, to quantify what an, a positive impact that has on both the relationship that the children have with you and also with themselves. It gives them massive practical skills. I mean, si- silly things like why do you wear a pair of wellies if you're going to go um, into muddy countryside they learn you know they learn to actively elect to make those decisions they learn to um, decide to take a warm coat or decide to leave a warm coat and take the risk of being chilly um, it's about them making learning and to experience and um, make decisions about the environment around them and how they do things um, it's a it's a big learning experience and unless you get out and give them the opportunity to do that they don't yeah. So you end up with um, with young adults who just don't have the experience to go out on their own. Yeah. I was always struck when I was a principal of the, um, the statistics of children um, who are most likely to be run over and badly injured on the road were those children leaving uh, in, uh, in the UK, they leave primary school at 11 and they go to secondary school. I'm not quite sure what the system is in the US, but that shift between parents taking children to school and delivering them at the gate and them going to school on their own and having to use public transport and to just walk and cross roads. And it was because children had not learned to manage um, traffic and crossing roads safely. And one of the things that that struck me is that we expect our children to make huge jumps without those little steps that you've talked about in terms of preparing them um, so that they understand the dangers and they understand how to deal with them. And I think your approach enables young people, both as a parent and as a scouter, to actually negotiate those small steps in a safe way and that's what makes them so valuable yeah i think i think we we forget the benefit of the little steps um and it's the little steps if you keep making lots of little steps you get big steps yeah you know it sounds it sounds a, a stupidly simplistic thing to say but it's true yeah you know people uh, you know people don't get to where they, they they're going necessarily in one day yeah so the summer holidays are coming. Have you got any plans of things that you are going to be doing with your children um, in order to uh, carry the journey forward? I will not be waiting till the summer holidays. Okay. I can tell you. Um, so, yeah, we just want to get out and experience different things. So next weekend, we're going down to the South Coast. 
Um, I fully plan on getting up at six o'clock in the morning on Saturday, which will, and the good thing about doing that is because everybody else wants to be in bed, so it's peace and quiet. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to take paddleboard down probably with either my daughter or my nephew um, at six o'clock in the morning. I've worked out what the tide times are, so we'll drive up the river, dump the car, jump in, go out with the tide, um, and then come back in um, and have uh, breakfast on the harbour, um, which is just such a lovely experience. And even if the weather's not, you know, fantastic, it'll be it's beautiful to be out in the water first thing in the morning. Um, we just need to be aware of the surroundings and make sure we're aware of the... I've, I've mentioned tide times and things. I've che I check all that, that sort of thing to make sure that what I'm doing is safe and appropriate. Yes. Um, if it was just me, it'd be one thing. If I'm taking uh, a child out, especially if it's someone else's, that's a, that's a different conversation. Um, but there's so much that can be done that doesn't need to cost anything. Um, you can turn a small trip into a really great adventure. Well, we've reached the end of our time. I'd like to say a huge thank you. Before we go, um, if somebody's interested in scouting, where do they find out about it? The best thing, uh, the best thing to do is find out where your local group or organisation is. Is just if you just Google um, scouts, you will find a local group to you. Um, and the best thing to do is be proactive, pick up the phone. Um, don't necessarily assume that other volunteers will chase you. Um, you be proactive, contact people, um, offer your help, um, support your kids getting involved. Um, with your time um, and doors will open incredibly quickly. So thanks so much for joining me, David, and thank you for joining me, listeners, and I look forward to seeing Lovely you. Lovely to see you. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye now. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.